Warning, the Dub Talk podcast contains language and content that may not be suitable for younger audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, this episode might contain spoilers for this show as well as any other anime series, so be warned if there's a series you haven't watched yet. Most importantly, the opinions expressed are that of the individual participants in tonight's episode and do not reflect the views of the Dub Talk podcast as a whole. And finally, please treat your animals with love and respect, whether they're house pets or animal-human hybrids. They're very complex to understand and are not purpose-built. So, if you want to cut up with a snake woman or giddy up on a centaur, you take that elsewhere because this is not that kind of show. And with that out of the way, please enjoy. Hello there everyone, and welcome to Dub Talk, where a group of animal-human hybrids get together to discuss the latest in simuldubs and home video releases. I'm Jamal the Angel, and tonight I'll be your guide through this wonderful world of ours on a tour of self-discovery and human nature. And joining me in this discussion are my fellow friends. First up, she's not perfect, but she knows how to keep the ball rolling. It's the cat lady Megan. Meow, to meet you. Next, he loves to chase his own tail. It's Dub Talk's own resident puppy, Andrew. Woo woo! Big Brother Bunny is always watching us. Oh, good God. <laughs> and rounding out our group is our resident troll, the good king troll, Sneebs. <laughs> <laughs> and the four of us will be journeying through the animal kingdom that is a centaur's life. If you haven't seen the show, here's a quick synopsis for you. High school is a complicated time for any young centaur, but shy, sweet Jimeno won't have to clop through it alone. Surrounded by plenty of interesting classmates, satyrs, demons, angels, you name it, no matter what happened to her deadly equestrian life, she's got friends to help her through. Now, we will be covering Funimation's press release from A to Z, making a few detours along the way, there's more on that later. We'll discuss our predictions for the show, who's actually cast, and give our initial thoughts on the performance. So yeah, this is an interesting show. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> I, it's like, there's a couple of things that make this a particularly odd product. Probably the most interesting thing to... <laughs> God damn. You heard nothing! Nothing! I hope that's that's free that's royalty free music. Okay. Um what was I oh, gonna say? Not if the mouse has anything to say about it. <laughs> I'll say this. This is the first time we've ever discussed a show where making the joke one of those Jap Chinese cartoons doesn't work. Because this is actually being made by a Chinese animation company. Yeah, how how is animation? The same people that bought Oh good god. The same people that bought you Kenka Bancho Otome and uh, the Silver Guardian. Yeah, this Mm. is um This show looks like something. It It's Yeah, it's pretty low rent looking. It's it's 
It's oh, pretty. Would you please let me make my joke already. It looks pretty low quality, but there's some very. It's got all the things I like in a Monster Girl slice of life show, as well as a couple other things brewing under the surface, which. We'll just we'll have a lot more to say on that. Let's just say, um, not all oh, is. This, such... Don't you say anything out of line. The state is watching you. <laughs> oh God! Damn and it. that, boys and girls, is why I drink to numb me through the operation called life. That's gonna get very ironic, considering the fact that there's apparently like an Auschwitz thing in episode nine. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. I haven't gotten to episode We're 9 yet. on the dub. Okay, but... I've... Kill. Yeah, oh, please kill I've, me. I keep doing the voice. Okay, <laughs> okay I think we're yeah. going to need to uh, settle yeah. down with the voice. Yeah. Lay me down to sleep. <laughs> you don't be quiet. I'm going to put you asleep. Uh, Megan, Megan... That's what we do Megan, enemies if, of the nations. Megan, if you don't behave yourself, you're going to be sent to a correctional facility. Oh, that's my favorite type. <laughs> okay. Please kill uh, me. I've been up since 5:30 this morning. You and me both. <laughs> Nothing. I've been a good up since six. Uh, I've been up since six, but we really need to keep moving. So, let's discuss this animal kingdom by going over the hierarchy at the top of the food chain. In essence, I mean the ADR director and scriptwriter. So, who wants to go first? I'm going last because I have a funny story about this. I want to say I had predictions in this, but when I was transferring over new computers, I actually can't find the file anymore, so I'm going in fresh and fresh and fresh. Fresh or fresh. Yeah. I always have a challenge picking out the script writers. It's kind of a dicey business. Uh, the script writers don't get the same uh, visibility as some of the other things. However, the interview with Monster Girls, uh, folks, what was the name again? Uh, Kristen McGuire? Christy McGuire, thank you. Kristen, not suspic- Christy. She will call your bitch ass out. Okay, my bitch ass has been called. Sorry, Ms. McGuire. Uh, yeah, I wondered about something like that for this. Uh, try and put a little bit of punchy wit to something that, um, was sort of a middle-above-grade material. It seems like this could benefit a little bit from a localized touch here and there, but that was just my random stab in the dark. Uh, so you have no predictions for director then? Me? For director? Yeah. Yeah, I actually wondered about Chris George for director. Interesting. I've seen, he seemed like this was, a, again, a small-scale project that he wasn't a huge... Uh, it wouldn't be a huge moneymaker, so it would be a chance for folks who don't have as much experience to cut their teeth a little bit. And, uh, yeah, it seemed like as good a thing as any. Okay. It's kind of funny you brought up interviews with Monster Girls, because I kind of had the same vibe with my predictions. I had Jade Saxon for director and Kristen McGuire for scriptwriter. <laughs> as, as for the rest of my predictions, uh... I had Laura Woodhull for ADR director because really? the first yes because when she did an AMA on Twitter she said that she was direct to the show that she can't wait to announce and I thought what would be a good show for her to cut her teeth on because she says one of the things she would like to direct is a, a comedy kind of and it does the show does have some comedic elements to it 
it's it's got some it's got some very like moe slice of life comedic timing i mean it's got the lucky star music seriously the fucking soundtrack sounds like boot like lucky star it's fucking weird (laughs) (laughs) no 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 there's there's straight up okay that's also manga no 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 there's a straight up a scene like a scene when they're all in a classroom where straight up the do 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 like it's it's the fucking same beat it's weird it's almost as though the budget were stretched probably even then it's like i guess i don't know maybe maybe it makes more sense about it being a chinese bootleg soundtrack but that's another story for another time uh please continue yes uh, as for what, uh, like I said, as for the rest of my predictions, I had Bonnie Clinky being in this week for script writer because I figured you need somebody who can make a script faithful to the adaptation, which is ironic because I also have Aaron as the director as well. That's not- that man, re- that man really needs to stop pulling double duty on his shows. Like they're pretty good dubs, but he's just gonna tire himself out. I mean, yeah. He, he, I think, as far as I'm aware, he seems to be like on break this season in regards to ADR, unless there's some other. Problem. Or he's directing a home video. Or he's directing a home video. That's always true. Yeah, uh, that's true. All right, you can go next, Megan. Yes. Okay, so. Um, my original predictions for director, again, I also did Jade Saxon, because interviews with Monster Girls is the thing that I liked, and I thought the writing and direction on that was super solid, especially for the very underlying semi-totalitarianistic themes. Um, <sighs> I don't know if I'm getting... Oh! I'm sorry, I'm going to do that every time. Okay, can I do a <laughs> one-minute political rant before we're through, at the end? One minute. Before. You have to one minute starting now. Now. All right. My main issue with the series is that it condenses a worldview that is not logical for a society like that. It seems like they're constantly afraid of an outside threat. And what could possibly do that when a nation state that is both stable and has diversity among it? I mean, it doesn't seem like they're dealing with terrorist threats perhaps or something like that where there's political turmoil it's not really clearly laid out it seems to be the fear of there needs to be a nation state that's going to punish people who persecute it seems to be like a reactionary fantasy rather than anything that would be sensible in any modern society that is not a totalitarian state and a totalitarian state would not have the type of social structures that would exist in modern japan it's like some nightmare from freaking uh, the darkest corners of reddit anyway I just have some From strong the opinions about how they can see that. Reddit? Okay. 40, 47 anyway. seconds, not bad. I... Anyway, back to back to what I was saying. So, um, my other pick was actually Sunny Straight. Um, because I figured this was like a teenager's coming of age story with a monster person flair to it. So, I figured, hey, Sunny Straight's done Suki Gakirei and uh, fuck it, let's roll with that shit. Um, and then my predictions for writer were Bonnie Clinkenbeard because I figured, as much as I hate to say this, uh, my biggest fear was that Jamie Markey was going to write this show. And it's nothing against Jamie Markey as a writer. It's just that sometimes with subject matter that is very murky itself mm-hmm. on what its themes are and can be construed in certain ways, 
the last thing this little show needed was another dragon maid or prison school incident. To which, I don't care on what side you fall, we're not talking about this here. Just let sleeping dogs lie, and if you don't fucking like the jokes or the writing, just watch the other fucking version. Um, meh. And then my other picture prick was Kristen McGuire, because, hey, I liked Interview with Monster Girls, and I liked the way that she used terminology in this. However, um. right before the cast got announced, I called Andrew up on the phone to vent. <laughs> and he can 100% back me up on this. Is I had one fear... One singular directorial fear of this show. No fear. I can see where this is coming from. I said to him this. The day the the show's cast got announced, literally minutes before it happened, I said, watch the universe fuck with me. It's going to be Kyle Phillips. And there we go. Mm. That's right. That's right, people. That's why right, University ADR director for this show is, of course, Kyle Phillips. And the scriptwriter is Bonnie Clinkybeard. Uh, the works these two have done for Kyle Phillips, he has directed Aria Discarded Ammo AA, Clockwork Planet, The Gashikachi, Dance with Devils, I Said the Last Witch, and Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Bonnie Clinkybeard has written for other shows such as Alice's Roku, The Black Butler franchise, The Real Dex franchise, Clockwork Planet, Noragami franchise, Soe the franchise, Three Leaves, Three Colors, and Yuri on Ice. So, before we get into our thoughts on these two, I would like to take a moment and congratulate Mr. Kyle Phillips because if you are unaware, he just became a daddy for the first time. Yay! Congratulations on your little centaur baby. Oh wait, no wait, actual human baby. Okay. Congratulations, sir. Yes, you're going to need all the lessons you can get from this show because life is going to be very difficult raising a child. Yes, but anyway, congratulations. Yes. So, let's get back on track. What did we think of these two? Uh, before before I get my thoughts, we kind of glossed over this a few minutes ago. God damn it, Sneeves. Holy shit. I thought you were, like, actively, like, speeding up your own voice, like, fast-forward in real time. That was amazing. I am a man of many talents, one of which is opining about this show. Uh, as far as direction goes, I didn't have a whole lot to say here. They made it work for what it was, but I didn't see anything that really made it pop. There were some, like some of the word choices, like little showed a girl or something like that. Terminology that is super weeaboo, a little creepy, and... I think would have felt much better naturalized, not just used weebologisms. Direction? Eh, the cast does what they uh, what they need to. It's not a huge amount of serious dramatic stakes here, but yeah. It's a show. It's a dub. Meh? Okay. I'm gonna yeah. take the opposite side of that and actually say Please that do. I like the weebooisms. The weebisms in this. Because I feel like this is a show where um, a lot of the fans who are gonna watch this, no offense, um, you're a fucking weeb. I mean, mm. yes. I'm a weeb. He's a weeb. 
He's a weeb. We're all weebs. Hey! <laughs> you're a weeb, Sneebs. I know Sneebs you're- Sneebs the weebs. Sneebs. <laughs> I want you to remember you willingly locked yourself in two ho conjoined hotel rooms in Boston with us, you fucking nerd. Don't you apply but, labels to me, ma'am. Don't you apply your labels to me. Look um, here, you high, drugged-up Canadian librarian stuck on a nuclear base. <laughs> we are so derailing right now, and I'm staying sober for this. This is I a know. test of will. My thing is this. I, I'm very happy that Bonnie was the one who writes this show. Because this show could have been the show that had a bunch of weird pop culture references and all that shit. This show isn't gamers, where that can get away with it because it's gamers and that terminology kind of works. And this isn't my first girlfriend is a gal, which is a fucking awful show. I'm sorry, Jamal. Um, regardless, and the only redeeming factor to the show is the dub. And even then, it pushes it. I say that having not watched the show because I cannot willingly watch a show where a character being a pedophile is a fucking joke. Sorry, Dave. But I said my biggest fear in this show is that Kyle Phillips is going to direct it. I have been very mixed at best on Kyle Phillips dubs. Dance with Devils is its own crazy crack ship out in the night singing and dancing. It's the pirate radio boat. It's just there. Izetta the Last Witch was at best best Chris Wakeham's performance. I don't remember Izetta fondly. In fact, I can't tell you anything about Izetta, which says, which says something to how memorable it was to me. Not from the performances. The only things I remember about Izetta is that the show itself is a train wreck. She wrote it. And then Andrew and... made a joke about her having a fire crotch. I mean, it, it it's was... still true. It's still true. And she wrote a gun, which was cool, and then Sort of, but which is my other thing is, and then Dragon Maid, I was very mixed at best on the casting and even more so on the directing and writing front. This to me has been the most enjoyable Kyle Phillips dub I've watched, which is saying something. I enjoy the show more than I did when I watched the Japanese because. This show is very weird and very creepy at times. Hell yes. But the English makes it slightly more endearing, which I'll give Kyle credit for with his casting, and I'll also give Kyle mm. credit for in his casting not front-load ending it with, like, huge-ass names at this point. Where, like, Hime is played by, like, uh Alexis Tipton or something. Spoilers, fair. it's not. That's but, um, perfectly fair. I think that... I think a lot of people are overlooking the fact that the cast... It's not... A, it, it is a little experimental. And it's not mm. like a lot of these people haven't been in, like, really bigger dubs or even huge franchises, as we're going to find out. But they get their kind of own little weird ways to shine. That's and I genuinely true. enjoy that. I'll completely concede to that. I just found the product over it all was not was not stellar, but at the same time, you're right. This isn't meant to be something that is star performances all around. While I to compare but it to you one can of, make 
but you can have an actor who you don't think is a star become one on a show that you don't you may not necessarily be into and you end up liking because it's in english i'll say this i'll say this i think the dub honestly helped me get back into the show more because i watched two episodes in japanese and something about it was off the way they sounded the way the show looked and presented itself was a lot weaker than I was expecting it to. Mm-hmm. And I knew there was some odd stuff afoot when I entered it, and there's stuff there, but the presentation of this show is really lackluster. So mm-hmm. I couldn't even distract myself with the subtitles, where it's like I didn't care for how they sounded, or I didn't care how it looked. The dub, at least, was like I was able to hear some expressiveness and interesting performances out of it to kind of become a little more, okay, I can roll with this. I'm actually kind of enjoying this now. Like, more than I was getting from the subtitle, and I appreciated that. And I do agree, like, this was a show where you can't really do references because it's a world where people just don't exist as anything other than, like, demi-human creatures. Everybody's a descendant from that. Like, if you want a show that did that well, go watch BoJack Horseman, where it's just a bunch of animal puns. <laughs> but, I think this benefits... Animal puns and depression. Animal puns and depression, yes. But I think the show benefits from actually, like, playing it straight a little, since there's a lot of weird stuff in there that I feel I kinda wanted to see play out. Even if the way it's presented or what it's trying to say is still odd, I do. I the the dub honestly helped me get back into the show when I kind of dropped it, like two episodes into the sub. That's again perfectly fair. I just to get back to Megan's point, I found that uh, a show that kind of did what she saw, where you let it shine in ways you wouldn't have expected, was actually the previously mentioned interview with Monster Girls. And I found, okay. yeah, the dub did make this a little more approachable. This show uh, overall felt really perfunctory overall. And again, there's some good cat people who are cast here. It just didn't it didn't do it for me that was that's my two canadian wooden nickels worth of opinion it just sounds like the show's not your favorite piece of the monster genre yeah and i mean okay another political rant for another time but yeah monster shows are political man that's that's a discussion for the end of this podcast oh boy oh god anyway moving on. yes yes moving on so yeah, I, I can agree with the sentiment of Kyle Phillips. I mean, we've all had a, a problem with at least one of his shows. I mean, for you two, it was Dragon Maid. For me, it was Dance with Devils. I had no... One I'll thing say I, this. I, I enjoyed most of Dragon Maid stuff. I just had some beef with certain decisions. My main thing is I didn't really think Izetta was a strong dub. And judging from the fact that it seemed like there was like three to four different directors, that seemed like it was a troubled product overall. Just just point out. Yeah, so I tend to notice with Kyle Phillips, Simon Dubs, like a lot of times, like, he'll try to cast new people in larger roles, which I can appreciate, but at the same time, it's like, you know, it's kind of hard to slot in, and it's not for everybody. He does better with DVD dubs than with Simon Dubs, but I can say at this point, this is probably the strongest Simon Dub of his I've ever listened to. And that's saying a lot. I mean, at, to the point that I actually stopped watching the sub. To watch the dub, which is why I'm behind an episode mm-hmm. or two. 
I, I think it's definitely his most experimental, and I think it works. Yes, and I'm glad that he stuck to his guns having Bonnie write the script for him because, I mean, these two did Clockwork Planet together, which is a terrible show. I forgot that show even happened. By the way, fun fact, I think when we did, like, the voting for that season of what people wanted us to make... Like, nobody voted for Clockwork Planet. I think Clockwork Planet was the one with the least amount of votes. That's how much people really liked it. Okay. No love for the clockwork. But anyway, yeah, like I said, this is his strongest Samuel dub overall, and he's really taking it in a stride, and that's mm-hmm. pretty much all I have to say about these two. You know, good work. Uh, to them. Jamal, uh, quick thing I want to mention. What's um, up? Um, Mr. Phillips is now a, a family man, a man with a child, of course. I sense a joke incoming. What's up? Um. I could see a very catastrophic future in store for the life of the I'm family I'm gonna man. throw you in the fucking Hudson River. <laughs> I did say it says a joke incoming, didn't I? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, uh, Why am I it, the sensitive is, one tonight? You'll, you'll have to excuse this dog. Fortunately, you and I are gonna be sh- mommy and daddy tonight. Hi, Uncle Steve's, and that's why I drink. <laughs> oh, I thought you said your Uncle Steve. I'm like, what? Anyway. No, I'm yeah. the uncle in this family, and you'll get back on topic, young man. Please don't make me break out of course light right now. Yes, this dog is chasing I'm sorry, cats. why do you drink piss? Damn it, Jamal, I set up your segue. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep it going, but everybody's interrupting me. Yes, this cat, this dog's trying to chase a few cats. By that, I mean the Meatima family. Mm. Which pretty much consists of Mr. Mitama, the dad, the cat, the chi, the chi triplets, Chiho, Chinami, and Chigusa. Thing one, thing two, and thing three. And for some reason, a uh, half angel hybrid named Sue. Thanks, Dub. You couldn't pronounce it, Sue. There, there's a lot of Sue. There's a lot of oh, isms God. in that, and I'll say um, it definitely seems like. The the absent mother of the family was in fact an angel folk who bred with a that, what 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 are they called cat people or I think they're cat folk a cat folk or like yeah cat folk or something I th- I think it's probably either genetics or they had different mothers I don't know what's the story all I do know is that they live in the shrine and the family to Manami Mitama who we'll get to later on it's it's like a sense of genetics it's like watching my hero and realizing how quirks are kind of passed on through the family it makes a little more sense to me yes yeah, so did any of us have predictions for the family I, no because I didn't know they existed yet I also like in the list I no longer have anymore I did not know these were characters well, shit, that means I'm the only one. Well, then. that just makes Great it easier self. to edit. It's fine. Yeah, so for Mr. Mitama, I had Sonny straight because he has a very oh, good dad voice. I can see it. Yeah, yeah. He's a very good dad. For, Thanks, Su- for Suwei, I had Jade Saxton, Law Woodhull, and Sarah Ragsdale because they could pretty much provide a very youthful voice. Which one? To a- yes. Two out of three of them having come from Dragon Maid, of course. Mm. And I and I copped out for the triplets. 
What'd you cough out as? Law, Woodhull, Christy Rothrock, and Kristen McGuire. You whore! <laughs> I mean, I put the tr- why would you call him a whore? He's not a cheap How dare one, you though. suck the dick of Yuri Kotsky! That's uh, Victor's job, and that's a discussion for another time. Anyways. Uh, 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 uh. In any case, I was wrong on all three, all five counts, actually. <laughs> Let's start with uh, Mr. Mitama. He is voiced by Chuck Huber, who you've seen in similar roles such as Kuniharu Saiki from The Disastrous Life of Psyche K, Kurogiri from My Hero Academia, Hiro Nahara from Chin Chan, Dr. Stein from Soul Leader, and. Bring it up! Come on, you know you have to! Alright, just do it. Just do it, you wimp! Rip the bandaid off! Motherfucking Shao Tucker from Fullmetal Alchemist. Number one dead! Happy Dog Thursday! <laughs> no! No! I love, Leave her alone! I love how you actually pick like more than one dad because uh, Stein is in fact a, a daddy by the end of the manga. I tried to pick dad characters, but it was a little tough. He's not your dad, but he'll be your daddy if you're into that shit. <laughs> it's yeah, look, he, look, he got hammered one night, and then there was a baby, okay? And then he hammered the hammer! Yep, thank you for getting that. I appreciate people... <laughs> I'm a slut. <laughs> okay, then. As for the others, Suei is voiced by Didi Archilla, who you've seen in other roles as Hinata Okuno from Assassination Classroom. Aries from Fairy Tale, Chantal from Maria the Virgin Witch, and Blue Fan from One Piece. Okay. Who is she in Fairy Tale? Uh, Aries. Aries. Hmm. Oh, that's right. She's Aries. The fluffy one. Yes. The one who had the worst freaking uh, celestial spirit master ever. Oh, fuck yeah. that. Fuck those episodes. I almost cried. As for the triplets. They are all voiced by one person and one person only. Yeah. And that is Tabitha Ray. Is that who that another? is? Yes, it is. Okay, I did not know that. <laughs> they look interchangeable. They sound interchangeable. Oh, they're all the same Good job, character. Tabitha. Okay, just, just, just go, go. Yes, Tabitha Ray, who you've seen in other worlds as Hotaru from Takashi Michelle from Fairy Tale. Kanta Shinomura from Kado the Right Answer, Yayoi Endo from Self of the End, and Teru Hayama from Three Leaves, Three Colors. So, what are your thoughts, ladies and gentlemen? I want to go first. Go ahead. Go right ahead. Uh, Chuck Huber is overworked and underpaid and needs to be a better fucking dad <laughs> in this show, too. Though I appreciate <laughs> the character designers making his, making his glasses go around his ears because they're not on the side of his face, they're on the top of his head because he's a cat. Yeah. Which is weird, because the pussy got some pussy. Yeah, there's a, the, five times, oh at least three times. At least three or they times. give birth in letters. Sue is cute and uh, makes noises, I guess. Well, she's a sickly little child. She's a sickly yeah, little child. She makes like little coffee noises and uh, noises. However, I want whatever the fuck Tabitha Ray is smoking. She basically just decides, like, okay, you're voicing three little kittens that are extremely curious and extremely, like, annoying little kids, but they're kind of endearing. I, it, it, it's kind of ironic you say you want what she's smoking, because I think she's, like, Monica Rial on crack. 
Well, I'm not no, even sure. No, and that's the thing is, I actually thought one of them was Monica Real. Like, I thought it was, like, one was Monica, one was somebody, and, like, two, the other two were a voice actress I didn't know. I legitimately thought one of them was Monica. She's up for voice acting Black Magic because I could not tell she was the three of them together. I, I thought there was a possibility that it was the same person, but I couldn't immediately tell. They all had Tell. Like, I had to ask. I was like, hey, Kyle, I know I've been kind of mean to you on the podcast. But what? who plays the cheese? He's like, oh yeah, that's just Tabitha. I was like, the fuck? When have we ever said anything mean on this podcast? Never, ever. I've called you like a whore a couple times, Andrew, and threatened to murder you. Probably more than Don't a dozen a times. Don't be a bitch. Yeah. Don't be bitches. All of you. All of you. Hey, don't, don't remember. say that in front don't. of the children. I'll call the censors. Don't fuck with You'll go to a clinic. He's got the power of God and anime on his side. Okay, no. Uh, and we're going off the rails uh, again. Let me, let, me, let me bring this back around on the rails. Um, I think Chuck is pretty good as the dad because he already has like a very dadly voice. And I'm not even making a sh- Chuck Huber has like a ton of fucking kids. Oh, yeah. And he also has a ton of kids. So it's fitting that he's yeah. taking care of a family of five. Also, that was a weird scene where he's like has a fight with his daughter about like you're half-assing your entire life. You commit to whether you want to be a father or an artist. Otherwise, you're you're failing at both. It's like, oh god, fucking kitty's got claws. Wait, you're not even the kitty. Those are the kitties. Speaking of the kitties, holy shit, these are some hyperactive kids. I could not handle dealing with any of them, but they're all like weirdly adorable but kind of annoying too. I think they did bring about what I felt was one of the most amusing, kind of surprising scenes in the show. Is that why is why can girl are can girls kiss each other? Is like okay, this is yeah, this is going oh, places. Cute. I think I kind of appreciate that it's like oh, it's like most shows, it's just like oh, it's just friends or it's something you do. It's like endearing. It's friendly. It doesn't mean nothing. And then you have the actual lesbian couple where it's like, what do you mean? It's like this. And then he sucked face and I think she slipped a tongue in there in front of the kids and they were like, oh, that's a grown-up kiss. And it's like, boy, that... I saw lesbians kissing in public. And then one of them gets slapped upside the head with a scallion. So, Himeno's family next? Okay, wait, wait, wait. Um, actually, say, yeah. I, I... Jamal didn't talk. I, I really liked uh, Tabitha Ray as the triple, triple threat that is these kids. They're very hyperactive, and I genuinely had trouble with Okay, them. face it. If any of you had to actually babysit these kids, you'd punt them in five seconds. Oh, I'd hate dealing with these kids. They are... They are... Oh, my God. They can't even handle their own sister. They, they, they make me tired watching them. Yep. Yeah. Jamal? So, so pretty much with the family, the dad was, he was pretty okay for what little I saw of him. Sue, Dee Dee has, is very good with vulnerabilities. I mean, best I know for is Aries fairy tale, and Aries was a very vulnerable person at times, too. But the triplets, holy shit! I did not know what was that. I did not know Tabitha Ray could do that. Like, at all. Yeah, getting back from like I said, give me whatever Tabitha's doing. Yeah, I was like what you were talking about earlier there with Megan, with how 
you had an actor who just popped in this. Like, this is a prime example of that. Yeah, because I honestly, the only other thing, because I've never seen Dagashi Kashi, I've never seen Three Leaves, Three Colors. So the only thing I remember Tabitha Ray in is like the one good fairy tale filler arc as Daphne. And she was really good in that. She's not Daphne. She's Michelle. I'm sorry, Michelle, not Daphne. Who the fuck is Daphne? Uh, Gwendolyn Lau. Oh, yeah, that's who that was. Who? Uh, Gwendolyn Lau. Oh, my God. How could I ever disgrace the good filler arc with that? Well, honestly... You tell me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Bless me. So, here, in the name of the Natsu, the, the Igneo, the Natsu. And, and, and the Holy Dragon. And the Holy Dragon. Hiromashima-san. Forgive me, for I have sinned. Let us not talk about dragons. We had an entire conversation about how hot... Do you want to fuck a dragon? No! No! Let's I not I want to get again. on with this podcast. Literally, like... Okay, yes. yes, we should move on. Dragon abs. Your thoughts, Megan? Dragon abs. <laughs> Megan, you there? I'm here. I think we broke uh, I can... Yes, continue your thoughts, Megan. No, you're good. Okay, I'm good. You're good. We good. This is a this Who is a good go? shrine family. Uh, these kids are precious. Be a better dad. I hope they're not precious. They're gremlins, and they need to be disciplined. Okay. Please discipline. Please don't be that parent. Public service announcement from your former, your local former grocer. If your kid is the one that screams and yells in the aisles. And is that asshole who plays on the metal divider bar like it's a freaking like, the Olympics in there? Fuck you. <laughs> I ain't cleaning up your goddamn kid's blood when it goes on the floor. I'm not the liability. Thank God I don't work at a grocery store anymore. Moving Bless on. Bless your heart. Continue. I'm making myself into a horse's ass. Ah! And speaking of horses, it's time to move on to our next family. Yes, thank you for that. I'm pretty good at this, wouldn't you? Nay. Okay, that that. Okay, now you just cut. You just plop. You you plop that one real bad. Okay. You went up, then you went down. I'm sorry. So yes, we're gonna move on to the centaur family, Jimeno's family. We have Jimeno's mom, uh, Reno. We have Jimeno's dad, Sota. Poop dad. Poop dad. Yes. We have her cousin Shino, and we have Shino's mom, Bidoiko. So, am I gonna? Am I correct in assuming nope. I'm the only one that had predictions? Okay. I, I have nothing. Actually, I think I'm. I did not. I thought I did Shino, and I did not. But did you have predictions for the family at least? No, because I. I did not do the mom because I didn't think she was going to be a recurring thing. Well, somebody had to do the mom. Yeah, poop I'm not. Dad. I'm not gonna touch them words. Yeah, poop dad. Okay, I guess it's me then again. So for the mom, I had Monica Rial and Lydia Mackey. Mm. Lydia Mackey, I figured you know she could provide the gentle mom voice and Monica Rial because when I heard it in the Japanese, it literally sounded like Monica Rial. Yeah, yeah. I try not to go to Monica Rial as my go-to because. I do that almost too easily. It's like, oh, yep, little girl voice, that's Monica Real. But I could I could really hear those notes now that you say that. Yeah. Good pick. Yeah. 
I did not have any predictions for the dad because by the time I did these, he didn't talk to about episode six, I think. Mm-hmm. But the other two, for Shino, I had Bryn, I had Jade, and I had Laura Woodhull because, you know, I, like I, I had Laura Peg as director, so I figured she'd be here somewhere. And Shino had, kind of, has kind of a sweet voice in the Japanese, so you need someone who can provide just as equal, if not better, sweet voice. As for Midoriko, I had Jamie Markey and Jessica Kavanaugh because I figured, you know, you need somebody who is a tiny bit controlling but can still rein it in. Ha! <laughs> rein it uh, in. Uh, she needs uh, to rein it in real good, you know what I'm saying? Shut up, Andrew. Wait, hang on. We're talking about the mob, right? I'd feel really bad if I was talking about the kid. It, I was talking about the kid's mom. Okay, yes. good. I don't feel bad. Okay, I stand by what I said. Cake, cake, shame me all you want. Okay, so getting right into it. Nobody else had any predictions, right? Nay. No. Afraid not. Okay. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> getting right into it. We know is voiced by Janelle Nuts, who you've seen in other roles such as. Steve Arisa McWhite from Akiba's Trip, Louise from Endride, Kyoka from Fairy Tale, Veronica from Luck and Logic, and Akira Haragi from Valkyrie Drive Mermaid. Wait, oh god, that poor girl. <laughs> wait, wait, hang <laughs> yes. on, who's Kyoka? The mob? <sighs> the bird. Yeah, she's Himeno's mom. Oh god, oh boy. I... Wait, which one's Kyoka again? Oh, Ki- uh, Kyo- the bird Kyoka woman. is, uh, she is the Frieza reject chicken who actually physically tortures Urza is fuck. Oh, Tartarus! I haven't gotten to that because I'm like a hundred episodes That character has the stupidest decide ever. She's an evil piece of shit and the show keeps reminding me that she has the most perfect curvature of an ass physically possible. It's so weird! Okay, have you seen all of Akiba's trip, Megan? Uh, no, and Cliff's gonna punch me if he finds out. By the out. way, I'd like to apologize. This is my first time I'm hearing any of the voices for this family, so, and I'm also watching Tartarus in the Year of Fairy Tale right now. Continue, Jamal. And we blew Andrew's mind because that. Yes, uh, Poop Dad <laughs> over here is voiced by Ben Phillips, who you see in other roles is King Fernando from Gaudi Animation, Freed Selzin from High School DxD, and Dine Wood Wonder from Overlord. Alrighty. Shino is voiced by a relatively new actress named Marla Acevedo, who you've seen in other roles such as Danica Mamia from Aria the Scarlet AA, Amore from Hina Logic from Lucky Logic, and Tama from Concorde. Uh, could you pronounce that again? What was her name? Marla Acevedo. Okay, I'll look that up later. Well, I know what I'm fucking up tonight. Okay, oh, God. Your liver? No, no. Oh, it's me. I have to go to bed after this. Yes, and Midoriko is voiced by another new actress named Julie Shields. Other role she's been in is uh, Ryu and Regalia, The Three Sacred Stars, and Rei from Sayuki Reload Blast. Mm. So, let's jump right into the conversation. What do you think of these four? Uh, God, she knows mom sounds like she has a stick up her ass. Yeah, terse. Yeah. Yeah. 
I like, told you it's a little control. You wait until tomorrow because I get to tell a fun story about Suki Gakure and Mom. Okay. Oh. Mm. But uh, fun. no, like Poop Dad, he's he's pretty good. He's just big burly bear dad. Uh, but he big burly he, bear uh, dad means a lot. Mom is like, God, you were so stuck up. Like, she seems like a snooty mom who would be played by Renee Zellweger. That's very specific. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry, what the fuck is her name? Um, Janelle Lutz. No, not Janelle Lutz. Um, pardon me for one second, because I saw a gif of this on Reddit. Um, because there was this thing last night called the Emmys, but we don't talk about it because they done fucked up by Again? putting some- I'll explain after this. Wow. I'm sorry. Not uh, Renee Zellweger. Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> if there was a live action, this would be CGI horse ass Rene- Reese Witherspoon mom. Oh, um, Jesus Christ. I and now you all somewhere. are imagining a shitty CGI for no. Reese Witherspoon. Um, but uh, I always do. She knows mom is. She knows mom is cutie. But let's talk about Shino, who is a cutie patootie. Mm. And I love that she sounds distinct from the cheese. Like, she just doesn't sound like a generic little kid. And mm. that she sounds like, but but Hime is mine. Like, yeah, that was pretty She's kidding. so fucking cool. I want, like, ten Shinos, but not really because she'd poop on the floor. And it'd be really awkward to clean up. You, you'd, br- you'd brush her mane and sing the My Little Pony theme song to her. My little Shino, my little Shino. How do uh, girls kiss? Uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> Mommy, how do two girls make out? Well, you see, when one wants to eat the other one's clam. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, hey, sweetie, what's for dinner? Uh, clam chowder. <laughs> no, oh, God no, 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 no. Taco soup. Oh, God damn it. And stay away from that sound you hear well, is the correctional clinic approaching to make sure we are wholesome and inclusive citizens on this family-friendly podcast. This conversation got a little fishy, you know what I'm saying? Okay, so yeah, um, I can't remember almost any of the voices <laughs> save for uh, Shino. Um, Shino is adorkable and she's very precious and i actually genuinely do like seeing her and the kids interact and her interacting Mm -hmm. with hime because it's genuinely interesting watching this dynamic of bipedal horse people like trying to live about their daily lives because it's like you see that in other shows like monster musume and that but by then they're like fully grown like teenage adult people that are definitely consensual of age because otherwise Monster Musume would be very weird and that's another story for another time but anyways it's interesting watching like these little kids trying to live around this world trying to learn things and learn about just the world it's like why can't we go in the big pool or why are the girls kissing each other that's weird wait is that normal it's just, like they're just genuinely curious kids trying to hang out and have fun and it's cute I really don't mm-hmm. remember anything about the parents, but I, yep. you keep talking about poop. poop dad. You keep talking about poop dad. I'm gonna say something horrible. You think that's why he's into centaurs? 
because he is a centaur. I yeah no. Is you, he? You, I thought he was like a cat person. I really don't remember. You him. almost no. had a point, and then you killed it, bro. Why you do that? Look, all I'm saying is, this is Andrew. He's probably he's probably aren't horses born through the butt? Is it like a thing that happens? <sighs> Mm-hmm. They do, do you need to go and watch and give birth episode? out of the same hole? You think he's into that? Uh, I think you had an interesting point there about this show does world building really, really well. Okay, we yes. Children yes, I was trying to make a shitty joke with that, but I, I do stand. By, uh, I do. Oh God! I did. <laughs> shit! I didn't even mean it. I didn't even mean it that time. <laughs> Oh, boy. Ladies and gentlemen. And this, boys and girls, is why I'm going to jail! Okay, so I actually do think that the way this series does approach the concepts of how these different individual people would try and all exist in the same society is fascinating. Because, like, different sports teams are the different races because there's no way you could physically have a bipedal person compete with four-legged, like, Pulking pounds of muscle. Horsepower. Horsepower, yes, literally. And it's interesting that the school of the merfolk is just, it's completely flooded and underwater, and everybody's wearing swimsuits, except when nobody's around, because they're all topless in, the, in those situations. And it's just, it's interesting the thing where it's like you could possibly sell uh, a moving walking machine for merfolk to use but then there's criticism from society where it's like is this discrimination against what makes them who they are trying to fit into is that ableist <sighs> ableist would actually be the term to use in that particular scenario and there's interesting world building anyway so how does this have to do with the dub performance exactly i don't remember any of them save for shido shido's good uh janelle lutz is kind of uh, good with the st- I really don't remember most of these people. I thought uh, Sheena was good. Okay, then. I mean, Sheena's mom, yeah, she was a little controlling, and it was okay for me. Sheena herself was a bit annoying to me, but it kind of worked. You take that back. You know what? Actually, it's Make me. fine. Okay. Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, uh, Poop Dad, I only heard him speak in one episode, and... That, that whole uh, commentary by him having to poop, that kind of took me out of the performance a little bit, but I also took a lot out of him, too, but also, they, I thought it was okay. I think they tried showing their kid a horror movie and unintentionally showed her propaganda. Okay, then we'll get to that with another character. Ooh-wee. As for Jimeno's mom, I thought Janelle did a pretty good job. She definitely sounds like a mother. <laughs> Maybe a little too much, but it worked. She had to sign off on the fact that her daughter was to be a model for. I'm trying to remember. Was that like a friend yeah, of hers, friend. or? Yeah, yeah, the high school friend who then ran a modeling agency, and yeah, that was odd. Well, it was a magazine editor, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's about beauty yeah. of all shapes and sizes. And boy, how much fabric would you have to use for like centaur clothing? A lot, I would imagine. Yeah. Mm. Well, no, I mean, I think they did pretty good in the roles. Anybody uh, else have anything to say? Not really, no. Nope. Alright, let's move on to uh, an interesting couple, to say the least. Ow! Ow! 
we have a pair of lesbians in the Okay, group. there is no, no ambiguity. I, I'm sorry. Uh, let me say this. They're not, oh, they're lesbians. Like, haha, look, they're just flirting with each other. Nothing's going to happen. Haha, we're just going to beat everybody who's a lesbian into watching. No, like, these bitches suck face. And they probably fucking. You, yeah, you could even see that in the intro, too. Look, look you could say one of them's pretty. Even though she doesn't show it, one of them is pretty horny. Okay, so how would you all prefer I throw him in the Hudson? Uh, like, yeah. Mafia, like, old school. You see, like, the joke is that one of them has a horn on top movie? of her head. The or joke like, is that she has like, a literal horn on like her head. In Bacchano, in when they put Gallus into an oil drum and then concrete him? Mm. Yep, okay, so I'm how do you that. prefer? Like, old school, like, swimming with the fishes? Do I shank him first, put him in a bag and throw him? Or do I give him the full Dallas Genoard? Oh, my fuck. Full Dallas. Oh. Shank him in the ghoulies. It's a slower way to go. Okay, no matter how bad I, I mean, am. I mean, I don't think his ghoulies are that big. No matter how bad I am, I'm no Dallas. Dallas was a piece of shit. Okay, I'm, you've redeemed it yourself could be, by you're, me. You're, you're, you're bad, but you're, not, but you're not Dallas Genoard. This is true. I, I take pride in that. Uh, yeah. no. Yes. I believe I had some predictions here for one of the two. Yes, let's move on to uh, Inukai and Michio Akechi. Yeah. To which I'm going to make a confession right now. I knew right off the bat Akechi was straight up lesbian. <laughs> I had no idea Inukai was okay. too. Because I, th I, I thought they were family, to be honest. Did you? Here, here's show. the thing, uh, Akachi, um, was straight up the usual, much more, uh, in your personal aggressive. space, aggressive, flirty type, uh, character, which you see in a lot of other shows, even when they're not going full-on gay-gay. Like, she, she's that archetype where it's like the sort of aggressive, very flirty she's type. She's the predatory the one, The predatory though. one, yes. Which... I think made it more interesting realizing she's taken. Which yeah. means which means either she has the single chillest girlfriend in the world or they into some kinky fucking shit. Or she's more than open to having a couple feathers in the bed with them, you know what I'm saying? Polyamory, and poly, polyamory. And speaking of more than being open, I'm open to predictions. How about you? <laughs> I, yes. for one, had a prediction for Mitsuo. Uh, I would have thought Bryn April for this. Bryn can be upbeat and punchy, mischievous. She can really... Uh, she she can really let herself... Uh, Jamal, uh, just, just let oh. her speak. I thought she might have been cast in this. I know you have uh, opinion. I'm about to double down. But that was just my own two cents. Uh, I'm about to double down because I actually had uh, Bryn April as Inukai. Oh. And I, my other backup choice, because she could do also softer spoken characters, mm -hmm. which is why I thought of uh, Inukai. Or I also had Sarah Wiedenhoff because Sarah Wiedenhoff can do uh, soft spoken characters. Um, I'm about to triple down. <sighs> Because my pick for my first pick for Mitsuyo was Brittany Lauda. Oh. oh, I thought you were gonna say Jill Harris. No. No, that's no, one I of have mine Jill actually. Somewhere else. Um, my prediction for Mitsuyo was uh, Brittany Lauda was my first pick because I had really been watching 
um, a show that we won't talk about ever again, and fuck you. By the way, stop asking if the group of us who did that would do actual hentai. <laughs> fuck you. Jackson, I love no. you. No. Beautiful piece of shit. Okay. Fuck you, Jackson. I'm going to kick your ass into Lake Ontario. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no. Um, I completely forgot about those, by the way. The funny thing is I'd actually seen one of those. Okay, anyway, and my other prediction for Mitsuyo, because I figured she would have kind of like a more... Um, lower tone and Inukai mm. would have the higher tone uh, which is why I picked Bryn and Sarah my other pick was Leah Clark I could see it oh. I see it yeah me too <coughs> if you're wondering where Excuse my predictions they're currently being shanked and Dallas Genoard into the Hudson <laughs> Dallas Ask never for... got okay Dallas got shot first whatever happened Fun. to him was too good for him Whatever, Dallas Reed, Dallas Genoard shot first. Okay, Dallas Reed is a different person than Dallas Genoard. <laughs> okay, then. That went to a weird place. What were your takes, Je- Jamal? Uh, as for me, my predictions. For Inukai, I figured she, you need someone who can do soft-spoken characters mm-hmm. very easily. So I had Felicia Angel and Tia Valid. Okay. As for Mitsuyo... I think you need someone, somewhat of a trickster. So I had Jill, mm. and I had Kristen McGuire. <laughs> I can see both. And I had Nicole Endicott. Nicole, oh <laughs> because, right, because of the other show that will not be mentioned by name. Which I actually heard the actual voice on a few of Dave's Periscopes, which. If you ever get the chance, you need to check out because they're pretty cool. But she gets a, a sweeter tone to her voice instead of what she heard in the other show. Okay. Yeah, no, like, I, I imagine that it, it could have been her, her real tone. I didn't know, but in that show, she sounded like a commanding boss-ass bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. Megan, it happened. What? Just accept that it happened, okay? No, no, something... Okay, so I I'm sorry to you can cut this out. So I'm I'm browsing through Twitter by accident, and one of my friends, uh, Marissa Miranda, had this thing, and it was a picture of Lightning McQueen fucking the girl car from the first two Cars movies, and it says why. It says, ka-chow, it's like, yeah, it's like, coming to your sweet, tight gas We are having just... a wholesome conversation about interspecies lesbian relationships and the possible, very undertone, big brother-esque society that is this world, and you're bringing cars poured into this. Shame on you. Shame on you. <laughs> This is a fallen world we live in, and since this entire exchange is going to hopefully be edited, I'm no, sorry. No, no, we're keeping out. this in. No, your shame is being made public. I can't believe mine is being made public too. Are you feeling in better any case, now, Megan? Better in enough any that case, we can carry on? How do yes, can we carry on? I am not clicking that link, I'm Megan. I'm not clicking that link either. Yes, you are, bitch. You're gonna get curious. I oh, I see it in the fuck. Oh no. 
I am beyond good. In any case, that's energy. all for predictions, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Predictions, please. Yes. So, Inukai, we're going to start there. Inukai is voiced by Tia Valor, who you've heard in similar roles such as Sanae Kashimura from As is Roku, Chiyo from The Devil is a Part-Timer, Happy from Fairy Tale, Nanami Momozuno from Kamisama Kiss, Rinko Yamao from My Love Story, Amura from Ridge of Bahamut Genesis, hmm. and because this was just recently recorded, Augury from Gamers. Fuck hmm. Augury! I th- I think that's what she wanted from Tasuku, but okay. Uh, continue. Uh, who's next? Yeah. As for Michio, she is voiced by Caitlyn Glass, who you've heard as other lesbians such as Cammy White from Street Fighter Four and Five. Wait, Maki did you from... just call Cammy a lesbian? I, uh, I, I ran out of lesbian roles. I just shoehorned her in there. I know she's not a lesbian. Look, she lays it all bare for the world, but I believe she's pretty open about, like, the things she does for the British government. True. Look, she lays it all bare. Okay. That's beside the point. Yes, she's also Maki from Love Life, Umiko Ahagon from New Game. Meant to be from Show by Rock, Mina from that other show we won't talk about. Mina f- Ashido from My Hero Academia. That's what you meant. Hero Academia. I know she was a lesbian too. And she's Mitsuko from Yorikuma. You Rashi. really don't. There's the one I was looking for. You really for. don't need to archetype this as she plays lesbies. Well, what else was I supposed to do? I don't know. <sighs> well, at least you included Maki. At least you included it, yeah. <sighs> um, so, yeah. Okay, um, I, I I was ready to have a fascinating, pure, fun discussion about a committed, happy, probably even open, uh, lesbian relationship between two monster ladies, and you rock cars into it! Why? God damn it. It's still there! I can't, I need to close this chat, I can't, no, thank you. I've removed it, it's gone, it's gone. Oh, okay. I, okay. So your opinions about this show and this casting choice? Uh, my opinions uh, for these two particular characters. I enjoy Caitlin Glass as being the fun-loving, teasy type, uh, character she's very much she's got a little snark and and bite to her but she definitely means well she's definitely very caring about her friends and those close to her uh she's a bit flirt she's a bit flirty and she's a bit of a tease and she very much will blackmail you into cosplay but she's a lot of fun uh tia ballard doesn't get like a lot to do with inukai but inukai is uh very kind, soft-spoken, and surprisingly tolerant of her lady friend's bullshit. But as I predicted before, I'm pretty sure she's either really calm or she's the real freak in bed and might want to get some tail feathers ruffled up in the bed too. I'm just saying. She didn't object to her girl grabbing onto the student council prez. Maybe she wanted to get a taste of heaven, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I found this performance uh, it worked. She 
both of them fit their respective places well as the upbeat high energy and the more sensible reserved one. Um, while I personally was less than fond of the actual character of Mitsuo, I found that, yeah, both were embodying it very well. Good job, ladies. I find the, the two are pretty good. I mean, Tia can do... When you can restrain her voice crack, she can do soft-spoken mm -hmm. pretty easily. As for Caitlyn, like... She, she tends to play a lot of tricksters, but it it seems to work for her. Definitely, like, a, the more, like, bouncy, energetic types that definitely look like they have a kitty face whenever they do something wrong. That's... Yeah, I mean, is an active person in real life, so it would make sense to bring that energy to this character. Definitely, definitely. Um, Megan, now that you're out of the timeout corner... Because of the crimes that you know that you committed. The, I'm sorry, you're so angry and it's hysterical. The worst part is you sounded like a muffler for a second and I was really pissed. <laughs> you still do, fuck. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just so, oh gosh. This is the madness. I'm sorry. I'm I'm really sorry. I, I'm not actually oh. upset. I'm just. You're not, but Jamal and Sneebs are. Um, no, I actually really like that. Uh, it was Tia and Caitlyn because they're not who I expected it to be. Um, especially Caitlyn being. I thought Caitlyn would be the quiet one, and Tia would be the energetic, mischievous one, who drags poor poor little demon girl into being her cosplay fetish doll um and i really like that they that caitlin got to be really playful with this character mm -hmm. because she means well but she's also a little bit of a psycho yeah um, that was yeah yeah and then inukai is just very very delicate and soft-spoken which i tend to like tia ballard doing those types of roles because I, I very much enjoy Tia Ballard, and um, if you've watched the episode for Gamers, you'll know that I had a hard time with her as Augury, because sometimes Augury screams really loud! And it hurts a little bit, probably like I just did to you. Um, so I, I was kind of happy it wasn't who I thought it would be, and like a lot of things, I really like the pleasant surprises that come in this show. So yeah. All right. And it sounded like, Steve, you weren't a fan of the characters, per se. Uh, no. I found that, you know, first episode, ah, oh, this seems kind of cool. We've got the co historical costume enthusiast. I'd hang out with you. And then there was that very underhanded, well, you know, she if she's caught working part-time, she could be expelled from school. Okay, yeah, she the, was, okay. With the, yeah. It was just with the hints of, this is a sort of totalitarian state. It was okay. Oh, it was just a little creepy. Okay, I and, see what happened. But it, um, yeah, you thought it was like more that's me being responsible. Okay, so you thought it was more insinuating. I was gonna turn. I was gonna get her in trouble, and then she was gonna sent out back and sent to the glue factory. But oh no! I oh yeah, that was just a thing. It, it, there was just this. This is my problem with. Why this would show. you imply turning? 
flu of all things. I'm, because he's a they, bad person. Look. But that's okay. They literally, we all float down here. They literally have armed bodyguards pulling like their guns to holster when they think they're maybe bullying the little snake girl, okay? Shit goes down in this world. Kind of funny you bring up the snake girl because choo, choo, let's choo, get on to our next set of characters. Jamal, one of did being... you say anything? Yes, I did. Oh, I'm sorry. Bye. Uh, that segues hey, dead. Megan, so Megan, is... don't tread on him, okay? Don't tread on him. Please, no Steppy. Ah, I see what you're ah. Yeah, so we move on to our next set of characters, the Antarctican Snake Woman. Hold on for a sec. Megan, Megan, how do you say it? it wait, I got this, I got this, I got this. Sasasul Ketsukuwado. Ketsukuwado Sasasul, but... Only in Japanese. Okay, yeah. time out really quick. Can I say something about uh, Katsuquaddle's character design? Uh, sure. Yeah. Thank God they did not make her a fuckable snake like that bitch in fucking Monster Musume. I'm offended, Time but in. okay. What did you just say about me, my waifu? I, I'll be, excuse me for a second, I'll be right back. Yeah, I'll, I'll get the crowbar, man. It's. You know, I think he's going on a break, but for a second I thought he was actually storming out. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, yeah, it was an interesting character design. I've just weirded out. I don't know. It, like, it was. I like that it's weird and kind of creepy because, mm -hmm. like, I like that it, especially like when they go to the when they go to the the pool in episode seven yeah. or eight. It's seven. Um, seven. Yes. That uh, that I believe um, Kyoko and Nozomi. Pa uh, point out that she doesn't have like she's not like buxom like mm -hmm. um like uh Minami or uh Himeno is and she's like well my kind have don't have a need to develop breasts they're we, we come from like a, a worker bee system and then I like the line but it looks like you haven't either yeah more to I, I just think her design is like they just went full on complete total snake girl and I yeah. think that's fascinating that they made seemingly one of the most... She wasn't like... I'm sorry, I get if you like Monster Musume and Naga, but, like, I like that this came out, like, after that, because I think a bunch of people were like, Oh, sweet, there's a snake chick in there! Oh. Oh. No, no I agree wholeheartedly. Oh. I... I guess it was just a little weirded out more by the world building of it because they're trying to make these are all people. Antar it's just like the people lore are of shaped the differently. is also just kind of odd, freaking like, weird. They're like yeah, alien the whole thing of... other nations. They're fighting with America too, by the way. There seems to be some sort of well, I'd fight with America too right now if I was. <laughs> That's show. another story for another time. Also, I feel like yes. we probably should have been on break. Yes, let's let's take this back to the sense of normalcy because we're also going to talk about Manami Mitama, who is the school class president. On the outside, it looks to be a goody two shoes. On the inside, there's some kind of conflict going on a little bit between her and her dad. At one point, I think episode six, you see her, you see her. What looks like she's tried to scam a neighbor or something by dressing up as a priest. Then you find out she lives in a shrine, so maybe that's part of her duty 
Mm -hmm. I don't know, it's by that episode, it did not make any sense to me. But yeah, she's very conservative, very considerate of her family, and does not tolerate bullshit, pretty much. Yeah. Your predictions, please. All right, Um, then. Do you want to go first, Neebs? I would have thought Natalie Hoover for this. Uh, For which one? Uh, For Mitama Manami. Oh, for Uh, Angel Folk class press. Yeah. Oh, I can totally see. I can totally see Natalie Hoover. I've. It, she just seemed like a good fit. I thought, okay, she can be the serious, sort of, responsible student type. Of course, she's uh, Sonya, yeah. never mind. Exactly. Yes. And I don't know, I don't much to say to that, other than seemed like a good fit. Um, my prediction for Minami, um, because she was studious and kind of uptight, and also because she totally had silvery white hair, was uh, Morgan Garrett. Mm. Uh, because she was also the class prez in Assassination Classroom, Meg. Ah, yeah. okay. Um, along with Jerry Jules Isagai. My backup pick was Don Bennett, because Don Bennett can basically kind of sleet in everywhere. Uh, my predictions for Quetzalcoatl were Michelle Rojas, because she was tall, and um, I figured, hey, I liked Kanan's voice in mm. English. Also be, Kanan, yeah. stop haunting my account, you fucking hussy. <laughs> Um, get off! I swear to God, when I pull... Thank God I am not pulling for Johanna, I'm pulling for Ren. And I will go for that sassy lesbian Rico Wonderland card. We get it! You're love Um, life trash! Fuck you! Yes. Um, and then my other pick was Jade Saxton, because Mm. I knew nothing about Quetzalcoatl when, um, I looked at her at first, and I figured she was kind of tall and stoic-y looking. Um, so, hey, Jade Saxton can do tall and stoic-y. And in the off chance she was kind of the bitchy mom type, I mean, there's Carla. Uh, yeah, as for me, I had no predictions for Quetzalcoatl because I did my predictions up to episode three and then just started watching the dub then on. Mm. Yeah. I had a pick. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering about maybe this being a Monica Rail role. For Quetzalcoatl? Where, yeah, it's... I know she's uh, been see it. moving a little bit more into, uh, it's one of the, those weird wires crossed in my brain, I thought to My Hero Academia, and, uh, her role as Tsuyu there, I just drew a parallel of, she can do some of the quirkier voice work that might come out of this role, the character is supposed to be sweet, uh, but not necessarily demure, more, um, present and curious and a little analytical and I drew a bit of a parallel between that and her froppy so that's my sense okay as for me I didn't have anything for Quetzalcoatl but I did have some for Mitama I had Gwen because she's very good at playing story characters you know when she's using her actual voice I had Jill because character is kind of similar to her character in Brave Witches and I had Rachel Glass because she was Elma in Dragon Maid. You know, that one dragon that took eight fucking episodes to appear. Boy, you got some beer. I raised your what dragon that... Okay, I raised your dragon that took eight episodes to appear and likes to throw Zeno from Yona of the Dawn on the table. Fuck you, I'm out. All right, uh... Okay, it... I I don't get it, but I'm sure she's bad because her favorite character was in an OVA or something. Anyways. Hi, my name is Zeno. I'm in Yona of the Dawn. I appear in every episode's opening and appeared in a flashback. 
in episode two. Guess what, motherfucker? I show up in the very last episode at the halfway fucking point. Now I know how you sound like my friend who's a big Madaka Box fan where Kumagawa only showed in the last episode. That's another story for another time. Perot, where's my yeah. season two, you cussies? Fuck Black Clover. Give me hot dragons. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, anyway, speaking of... Uh, There's no segue. There's I... no segue. Just roll with it. Yes, yeah, for Quetzalcoatl, it's kind of funny you... Damn it, Megan. For Quetzalcoatl, we have Jade Saxton. Who you I put apologize for nothing. I was trying to make the, the fact that you got Quetzalcoatl right a second time. Yes. Oh, oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> yes. Hmm. Yeah, she is voiced by Jade Saxton, who you've heard in other roles as Carla from Fairytale, Chica from Love Life. Guri from Love Tyrant, Kana from Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid, of course. Itsuka from My Hero Academia. Adele von Gronsweig from The Royal Tudor. And Yuki from Wolf Children. While Mitama is voiced by a relatively new actress named Rachel Messer, who you've heard in other roles such as Sistine Fabel from Akashic Records, Celestine and the narrator from Nights and Magic, Onozawa from Sankarea Undying Love, and the teacher from Yandere Simulator. Wait, what? So... Well, there's a fucking jump. <laughs> yeah, she didn't have much in the way of major roles. So. Hopefully we'll see more of her in the future. Yeah, I actually mm -hmm. genuinely enjoyed her... Is it Minami or Monami? Monami. Monami. I enjoy her performance as Monami. Yeah. She's very, like, no, Dad. Like, the very stern one, and she sounds really tired a lot. <laughs> yeah, because she's not only putting up with the bullshit as class prez, um, but she's also putting up with the bullshit of her dumb sisters, who I'm surprised she hasn't hurled into, like, the mouth of, into, like, the Well, ocean. that's how much she, she loves them, and she cares for them, because if I... Correction, she loves Sue. <laughs> okay, okay. I think she does love her family. She really does take but... care of her family. Yeah, I just feel like she's that poor girl forced to grow up before she, yeah. she got the chance to enjoy her childhood. Like, unlike Hime and the that may there That may be true. That might be some... And I think that really comes across in her performance. Yeah. It does. I, Another one of those breakout performances here. I bought mm -hmm. the reality of this character and where she came from. It was uh, one of the better performances and one of the better examples of the writing too good job mm -hmm. yeah I, i'm the same way on her as well i i really thought i either wasn't going to like this character or she was going to be much more moe than meets the eye but i think if she was super moe it would have ruined the character i kind yeah. kind of in agreement now because i didn't know what her character was or what it was going to be I actually really enjoy what she became as a character because it's really interesting to see her being this very studious adult type and like I assumed her whole life would have been student council stuff but in any ways she when there's that time where she had to vote for a student council thing she's like okay fuck this we're voting right now I want to get out of here Fuck all you. I gotta go home. I got shit to do, bitch. And I, that was interesting. Because mm -hmm. she really she really is trying to care for these kids. Like, one of them's very sickly. 
three of them are extremely hyperactive and young. And they're all the same. Why the fuck did she leave them alone? And not only that, the dad is an oddity. Like, he he's around, but he clearly seems much less responsible or much less sure of what his role is. And I think that's where the tension and animosity between the two comes from. And that was an interesting moment. There's a really interesting character and dynamic here, and I actually did think Rachel's unusual, mm-hmm. stoic, but stern performance really brought this character to life, and I was very impressed. Yeah. Yeah. As for me, I I did I did like Rachel's voice a lot. It took me a little getting used to, but I kind of enjoyed it. I think, she to me, she sounds like a young Carrie Savage, where she... Hmm. Yeah, she provides the right amount of snog with a little childish voice, but, you know, she reigns it in to fit the character restriction that uh, Mitama provides. I thought you said snog for a second, and I'm like, this is one of the few characters that doesn't suck face with somebody. Mm-hmm. In any, in any case... Rachel was good in this role. Let's talk about Jane. Sue is adorable. I'm just going to call her Sue Sue because Quest Quest. Yeah. Sue Sue's. I love yeah. her. Yeah. If Roots were here, you'd probably just call her Ketzel Fudruckers again. I. Ketzel Fudruckers. Well, she doesn't have any fuds to rock. <laughs> point out i think i still have the text message on my phone too for this so while we were in texas um we were driving to funimation um and as we're driving i just get a text i just get a text that says hey hey megan did you see it did you see it and i'm like see what the fudruckers found the princess oh my god okay andrew will get that because he was on the fucking hell I might, I might get that. God damn it. Anyways. Back on track. Back on track. Yes. Uh, this is a good girl. This is a very, very precious little good girl. Um, I, she is, I do think there is... this. There's a lot of the more... Like, they're going on the whole concept of racism and judging appearances by its cover and political... Um, protection that's that's a thing but yeah political correctness monomach I, I don't even think it's well, political yeah. correctness i think it's more like she is like a polit is like she is an exchange student from like she's yeah. like royalty in that sense where it's like if anything were to happen to her it would be a diplomatic incident i don't i'm not even thinking it's mm-hmm. a matter of disability or political correctness i think it's just a matter of if anybody was to touch her it'd be a international incidents with the alien snake people that may have like technology beyond a wild district no anyway back on track i think jade jade's really impressed me this is like a very soft-spoken there is no sign of like sundere or snark this is just full-on fluffiness coming from the most unassuming place and I, I thought that whole scene where it's like I'm scared of her because I saw a horror movie because w- w- I saw a horror movie with the 
with the lizard people that just ate horses alive is like that's scary for a baby horse to watch goddamn parents what the fuck and then like to actually try and get to bond with her they watched it together and both of them were being scared and i thought that was adorable i really think like this is mm-hmm. an interesting character that adds a lot to this world and to this design and that she's bonding and everybody's kind of scared with her and then you see like I, I love the scene with her and the little children, too, because it's like they were getting scared and running behind their sister, and they're like, do it again! And, and then they did it again like it was a game, and they threw her in a... Yeah. There's there's a lot of... I guess this is like a more anime approach. This is more like an anime-typical character with a much more hmm. unassuming, shocking design of full-on, this is just a snake in a skirt. But it works. With legs and arms. But it works. This is how Japanese people envision foreigners. Ha 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 ha. Now that I've also joined the rest of our debauched ranks, yeah, it was uh, between the character design and the performances we got, they really did play up her quizzical nature, her curiosity, and her disconcert with the society she found herself in. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think Jade's um, great. I I really like Jade's Quetzalcoatl too, because in the sense that um, Rachel didn't play Monami to be very moe, Jade kind of makes Quetzalcoatl a little cuter than you thought she would be. Yeah. Like, the character itself is very curious and cute because she's there to learn about human culture, because her culture is different and stuff. But I feel like she has this like, ah, like really cute sense to her. Like when she tries to smile and it's utterly horrifying because it's like looking into the abyss and the abyss stares back, but the abyss has teeth. Like, it's like what happens when you turn on Twin Peaks for the first time. Um, but I did that for you, Steve. Um, but like, I think that she's, she makes the character like a lot more endearing than I feel like the Japanese was. Because I feel like if Quetzalcoatl's voice wasn't the right pitch and tone and didn't have good direction, the character could be very unbearable. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the show, that Jade kind of like, under Kyle's direction, makes her a little cuter, it's very, it's very, very refreshing. Because I feel like if she was done the wrong way, she'd be, she'd kind of have the Carla voice, which is bitchy Mary Poppins. And, like, she wasn't meant... And that's from Jade's mouth. Bitchy Mary Poppins is how she described Carla. <laughs> that's yeah. amazing, and I love it. That's Also, mm. Carla is the best magical okay. girl. Boy, that she actually is. You're right. Um, anyways, uh, point is... I, I appreciate that they didn't just make her, like, a bitchy, rich girl-type princess. And she's just genuinely this curious girl that wants to learn. And it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Don't assume a book by its cover, cause the sk- cause she's a good girl. Exactly. I'm glad you say that because one thing about Jade Saxton, it seems like 2017 t- seems to be a year of Saxton because a lot of her performances have been like spectacular. The short spectacular oh. because oh. I she was the last person I thought would play Quetzalcoatl, uh, and you'll see why in a I, few minutes. Uh, but. Jade Saxon has slowly become one of my favorite actresses. 
at Funimation. Period. That's not. That's not easy yeah. for me to really say. She's she's gotten some versatility on her. She's impressed me more than a couple of times. I'm very impressed. Yeah, because one of the, one of the things about some of the characters she plays, like they have some kind of vulnerability or some kind of cuteness to them, and no pun intended, but there are also sometimes like she could come unhinged with her characters. Ah, and, I see what you did because yeah. of her jaw. Exactly. But yeah, it, it was very endearing and I really liked it. It was my first pick, but I'm glad it was the right picks. Hmm. So we all good to move on then? Yep. Alright, so we're moving into the main characters now. Gonna go individually. Starting with Nozomi Gokuraku. Yes, is the she, little. Is she the demon or the fawn? She's the demon. She's the bat we're woman. Starting, we're starting with her yeah. first. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. So, pretty much, she works at a family's dojo. She, when it comes to deal with her friends, she's very defensive and won't let anybody hurt her friends. Uh, we were first introduced to her in the first 10 seconds the of first the first 10 episode. seconds of the show is just girl kiss it's like oh girl kiss girl kiss honestly that was when, a, one of the better openings i've seen to a series where where we're just dropped right into these the stakes are laid out right away we're not even dealing with the main conceit of the show they're animal people yeah, and just dealing with the Ooh, this is awkward, but it's in the script, senpai. And then, and then you yeah. realize yeah. at the end it was some fuckboy that was gonna do it, and then they realized he's stuck. Fuck, wasn't it fuckboy Dave Trosko? <laughs> no! Dave Trosko's the fat-ass cat, isn't he? No, no that's, that's Chris George. George. No, Dave Trosko's the stagehand who builds that stage for he Boy, he's shit uh. at his job. Anyways, um... What the fuck was I going to say? Yeah, no, some fuckboy was like, I want to suck face with Hime since she's hot. And then they realized, oh, he stuffed the ballot like a piece of shit. And then it went to the the little Shota girl. Mm. Yeah, he bribed the also, fat Also, they actually doing that, left so. in the phrase Shota. I was surprised they left that yeah. in. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it's actually a term that's even used in the West, that's why. Okay. But it's an like ugly, Western disgusting Western anime term. fans use the term, that's why. Alright, so let's get right into predictions. Me? I had an Amber Lee Connors for that. I I know she's done some stuff. Uh, She was the lead in Keijo, I think. I wasn't there for that episode. She was. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought the idea of the scrappy upstart, she's got the range for it. Why not? I think she, Um. she... Oh, go ahead. I just thought she'd be a decent thing. Again, I viewed this whole series as people broadening and expanding their ranges a little bit. So, yeah, that's my two cents. Um, I'm going to go a little bit more conventional, but I feel like uh, both the choices still would have been a little bit out there. Um, My first choice was Morgan Berry. Mm. I can yeah, see, I see it. it. Especially because Morgan Berry has a bit of a, a scratcher voice for a female, and I feel like... Uh, that would really fit Nozomi. And then my other choice was Afia Yu. Afia, really? Mm, it's fine. I, I enjoy a lot of Afia performances, and she can be okay, a little bit... Okay. She... One of the things I noticed is that Nozomi can be a little bit of a troll. She, also, uh, 
I, yeah. I realized Afia also does play a couple other tomboys and or younger boy versions of characters as well. She plays a lot of younger male character, younger versions of male characters that Micah is. Um, but um, I will admit that her performance as uh, one of her best performances this year is actually in a show that we might cover. We'll Okay, I don't know. Um, I'll tell you after this, but um, so those were my two picks because they both have a very tomboyish voice, and I feel very dumb for not picking who uh, I I I should have. We'll put get this onto it. Down. We'll move on. Yeah. And I feel dumb and bad that I didn't okay. think of them. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny you picked off of you because that was one of my choices as well. Alongside Joe Harris, because I figured both of them can uh, be very ambiguous. Because Nozomi is a tomboy character, you need somebody who can delve into a bit of ambiguity. I, I can't see Jill Harris being ambiguous. She sounds very Rampo Keaton. Uh, no, okay, no, no, no. Uh, that character was meant to be like basically one chromosome away from being female, completely. But honestly, that that was my thought process looking at the character, which is why I also had Jade Saxton because I figured she could provide a low tone of voice. Because again, it's kind of ambiguous. Like you know, it's a girl, but she's a bit, she's much of a tomboy. So it kind of, I just want somebody who can keep that theme going. Okay. Okay. Which is why I was kind of surprised who they actually cast. Who did they so, cast, Jamal? Playing the role of Nozomi is Alex Moore, who you've heard in other roles such as Agnes from A Certain Magical Index 2, Susano from De The Devil's a Part-Timer, Flair Corona from Fairy Tale, Ren Rokudo from Keijo, The Lot from Maria the Virgin Witch, and Mitsuba Sangu from Seraph of the End. Yeah, boy! So who wants to start first? I'll go last. Alright. Megan, I, I know you uh, are a fan. Uh, give us your thoughts. <laughs> I love you, Alex Moore. You're my buddy. <laughs> um, I actually really like her as Nozomi. Um, I think she really gets... She, I know she had Alex Moore can have a weird tone of voice. Um, I know that. Um... She can be absolutely effing fucking terrifying if she wants to be. I mean, look at Flair Corona. Um, but I like that Nozomi kind of has a voice that's a little bit... It sounds a little bit like Mitsuba, but more boyish. Mm -hmm. Because Mitsuba is a feminine, is a more feminine character. But I like that she has kind of this really nice sarcastic tone to her voice at times. Where it's like, he may... You in there, Hime? Mm -hmm. And, like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of endearing and cute. And I know a lot of people wouldn't peg Nozomi as a cute character, but I, I genuinely enjoy how sarcastic and charming and very... She's a good friend, and I like the character, and aesthetically, I, I kind of like her design, too, and she's a little cute, and I wonder, does she yes. have wings? Again? Yeah, yeah. Little bat wings. I wish you would fly for once. God damn it, child. Um, but I I enjoy that Alex Moore got this character because I I always 
I feel bad because I she's I, I feel like I should mention her more. Fuck. Um <laughs> Fuck me for that. Why? Um but I'll I'll pass. Um but like I I feel like she just she needs to get a fucking lead ass character in a show. Yeah. It's I'm a, sorry. She, I agree. She's a she, great she's actress. She's a very specific voice, but I will say She's a very specific voice, but she could be a lead actress. And I like that she's getting to be one of a main three in a trio, even though we know Hime is kind of the main character. Um, and I like her tone of voice bouncing off of Hime, bouncing off of um, Kyoko. I think is it's it Kyoko. Kyoko. Yeah. Kyoko. I, I, Kyoko. Because I, I talked a little bit about this in Gamers, in the difference between Auguri, Auguri is up here, Karen Tendo is here, and Chiaki is down here. And I feel like, obviously, Hime fits the augury, and she's up here. And Kyoko's kind of in the middle right here. And then she's not as low as Chiaki from Gamers. But Alex Moore kind of fits the lower register in, like, this very nice, like, pyramid that kind of balances out between each other that I've noticed in a lot of girl-heavy shows. Um, so I appreciate it, too. Okay, um... Uh, there's not much more I could add is that she really does fit the part good and I've heard Alex Moore in a couple of things she sounds a lot like she sounds like the her character that she plays from Devil is a part-timer basically turned up a notch where it's like that yeah. level of she sounds kind of like she's alien or foreign the way she speaks so, but it's interesting it is very it's I'm not sure how I would describe it. I, she sounds, maybe in a way, kind of like Umaru to me, now that I think about it. Just, there's something in that tone of voice, the way she demonstrates it. It sounds kind of like, not like a typical person, but it totally works for tomboy, eccentric character that's trying to get a rise out of people and live her life. And I think it works. She gets easily flustered. She's ready to just live her life and just chill. And she's oh wow that was loud. And she's oh my god Andrew you're gonna want the shirt on the Yeti today I'm sorry. Okay back on track I I think uh, Alex Moore does a solid job as knows me. Mhm yeah I uh, I would agree she does that. She does the sort of awkward teenage frustration very well. She feels naturally suited towards being the I'm a girl but I'm not necessarily feminine that uh, the character demands and she plays up her dynamic as a teenager very naturalistically. Good job. All right. Okay then. Where do I begin? I kind of had a bit of a problem with it. In the okay. Beginning. Oh. Because the whole, because th the whole thing about the character, like I said, it's kind of ambiguous. Like you know it's a girl, but yeah, it looks like she dressed like a, a tomboy, a, a boy at least. Yeah. Because if you ever seen episode two, even Amanda Lee questioned whether she was a boy or girl. Mm hmm To the point that she started pulling her shorts down. In class. Oh right, the mermaid yeah. thing. That was odd. Yeah. 
Yeah, she even said that she looked like a character from her BL. Okay, yeah, that that was <laughs> that was funny actually. I thought that was like. So going into this, I'm thinking to myself, okay, a low t- a, a low tone of voice would definitely fit the character. Like, it can still be feminine, just a little lower than what they're used to. So when I heard Alex Mortaki, it kind of talks when it's a little high nasal kind of voice, which it kind of took me out of the role. Okay, that that's fair. That's fair. But, but, but when she gets snarky, like, when she's taunting our next character in the mm-hmm. first episode, like, when they're running, she's like, hey, go faster, hey, go faster, hey, go faster. That actually kind of worked. Oh, yeah, no, she's a total, and, like, devious little troll. Like, she's a little devil. Hey, I made it relevant. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he did. So, yeah, I mean, uh, in the lower register, it works. In the normal register, it does it to me. I'm, I'm sorry. No, it's totally like your perspective on the character. It's totally fair and plausible. Yeah, so, general consensus. Pretty good. She's not She's not an ogre, but plus three to Alex. Okay. Man. Also, I'd like to mention the fact that mermaids and merfolk look at pornography and or, like, boys love in magazines. It's like, one of the weird things about that was like, oh, everybody walks... You're wondering how they jerk no, no, no. off. No. Um, you do it on some eggs. Actually, that is a good question. Um, is it... Uh... Are you just... <laughs> you guys have seen the Futurama episode where Fry falls in love with the mermaid, right? right? right. Well, the part where they're about to do it. So how do we do this? Well, I'm going to lay my eggs on the bed and you're going to jerk off on them. And he just leaves. <laughs> That's how it works. <sighs> those those folk designs though kind of uh, weird, kind of creepy. All right, all right. Mm. I just need to get the bird yeah. thing out of there because that is it. That there's a lot to talk about. We'll get to it in final thoughts. Who's next? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Sneeves. Wait, no, Uncle Sneeves is already gone. No, sorry. Me- mentally, apparently. <laughs> yes, mentally, I'm gone. Up next mm. on the docket is another one of Hime's friends, Kyoko Naraku. Mm. Kyoko, from by design, she's the least athletic person, but what what she lacks the skill, she makes up for knowledge. She's kind of Kyoko apathetic. is the best girl. Yeah, I'm not playing that game tonight. Yeah, she's kind of apathetic, especially towards her dad. Is uh, victimized by Nozomi few times, especially in the, uh, the ep- self-discovery Okay, episode, okay, I, I mean. that was the fucking elephant in the room. Do you understand that's how the fucking manga opened? What? Oh, I've got Is that the first chapter in the manga? Yes, and I'm not judging it. Wanna know why? Because all y'all boys have dick-waggling no, contests. No, I have no problem I... with it at all. It's just, it's such a surprisingly odd turn of events it's actually kind of, what girls can't eat no 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 gorgeous? it's like the sequence of how they get to that is like i think she's concerned about mm-hmm. like judgment from like other boys because like a boy's like wow are you gonna give birth like that cow did or something and she's so no it's okay if you've never seen the show but you're watching this episode anyway and i don't know why you're an hour fuck all into it at this point they love uh, Hime gets a love letter from a boy on the train. Played by Kyle she, Phillips. Okay. She, she runs off because she's afraid. 
And when her two friends ask, well, why did you just run off like that? It's rude. She goes, well, it happened when I was a kid. We went to a farm and we saw a cow poop. And it started pooping. And one of the boys looked at me and said, do you poop from back there? And he may, being, you know, a horse, can't really See. turn and look at her leg, between her legs. I mean, granted, I mean, if you've ever seen Orange is the New Black... There's a scene in one of the seasons about the girls discovering what's down there. Mm-hmm. It's about the best American example I can oh, give, yeah. and Laverne Cox's character teaches people things. But essentially, it leads to them looking between Nozomi's leg. Yeah. Um, sorry, yeah, Nozomi's legs first. Then they look at he- uh, Hime's, and then uh, Nozomi makes them look at Kyoko's. It's like, it's like look, um, if you... and I believe the line too is, "Wow, yours is a lot hairier." Yeah, than I was mine gonna too, say actually. it's like, yeah, she's probably. Which isn't weird. I'm sorry, no. that's not Dang weird it, like, to me. None of, us, no, none of us are judging that. I just find that fascinating and interesting. Like, that's totally cool. <laughs> like, no, there's no judgment about any of this. It's it's totally natural. I just find it fascinating that of all the shows where we're having a legitimate conversation about being comfortable with, like, what's in between in female legs is it a show where legs can consist of two legs or four or none at all or a fin it's the hidden secret of monster girl shows they're very very political and always deal with taboo subjects about anatomy that we don't talk about in polite society. They deal with stuff like anatomy and disability and like how that they that would work in a society. Anatomy and polite society, police. You've never been around a, a bunch of high school guys. They talk about how big their dicks are yep. and how much they measure them with rulers. Yep. It's no, I don't know about that. But I'm not gonna. <laughs> At least they did at my high school. Yeah, my no, high school, the girls used to punch each other in the tits and yell "Ta Ta Tuesday." <laughs> and that, boys and girls, is why I hate teenagers. Did <laughs> uh, you used to be one though? No. No, no Steve's came out of full grown. Steve's is Benjamin. Steve's is just I was Benjamin Button. Steve's came tooth. out reading Good Omens. You pl- exactly, exactly. I was born from a dragon's tooth planted in the earth. Amen. But seriously, planted in the yes. earth by Terry Pratchett. Okay, oh. exactly. So who? But no. Who uh, let's, let's move on to predictions yeah. first. My prediction for Kyoko was Morgan Garrett. She'd done a previous sort of soft-spoken role in Interview with Monster Girls. I think she... Was she the snow maiden in that one? She No, she was the succubus. She was, oh, she was a she succubus was in that one, right. I, she was the teacher. Okay. I thought she could do the cute role here effectively while still being um, a little more grounded and sensible. It still seemed within her range. And, yeah, I thought she could fit for this quite well. Okay. Um, my prediction, my first one was Tia Ballard. Mm. Um, if you've seen s- stuff like Sakura Quest, you know she can be a little bit more soft-spoken. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I feel like uh, that would have worked for Kyoko. And then my second prediction was Madeline Morris. I can see it. Because I feel like uh, she could do a mix between a chair... The character she is in a show we're covering later. Um, but... I feel like Madeline Morris also just is genuinely a good voice actress, and I'd like to see her in more things that aren't smuttery. Yeah. And not the fine kind. Right. 
Jamal. As for me, I had Leah Clark, Tabitha May, Megan Shipman. I guess Leah and Megan because, you know, they can do apathetic very well. I think Tabitha May because it kind of reminds me of a character from Three Leaves, Three Colors. Hmm. But who actually is the voice of this little slow child? Yes, continuing our roundup of new voice actors is Steph Garrett. Mm -hmm. Not Morgan Garrett, not Steph from Dub Talk, Steph Garrett. Other roles you might have heard her in is, of course, Yaya from Arya the Scarlet Ammo AA. Saki Hanayama from Keijo, Sandman from Lucky Logic, and Billy from Pandora and Crimson Shell. Okay, I'll keep it short and sweet for this particular character. I was not familiar with this actress, but I was pleasantly surprised. She had a very interesting tone of voice that worked for this character. Oh, you know what? I realized what I what what it was about her. She sounded like I brought up that. I brought up Lucky Star earlier in this podcast. I'm going to bring it up again. Mm-hmm. She sounds like Wendy Lee from Lucky Star. <laughs> she really yeah. does. I I can kind of see it now that I think it's, about it. It's so weird. And it's like she's got like the the dad that she's helping out a bunch. And I'm thinking about it. And, it, and I'm really getting the Coda to comparisons. And she's really... No wait, no, she's not Konata. Konata's actually really good at gym. She's just lazy and everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I liked her, and that's all I no, have to I f- say. No, I found she clicked well. I found she clicked into this well. Was again a, a newcomer feeling her legs, and <laughs> she pulled off what needs to be done. Damn it, grow up. I hey Andrew started laughing. I only realized it that. I'm judging you all for being dipsticks. Snapes, uh. I'm so glad you're here. Motherfucker, I am not being a dipstick. Okay, you're you're excluded, Megan, for this time. I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry. Damn. You should be. Continue your thoughts, Snapes. Yeah, uh, I found for someone who's new. Um, hey, welcome to the big friendly voice acting family. Here's your starring role. Uh, you owned it well, and I look forward to hearing more from you. Yeah, I thought it was kind of a mixed bag, mm-hmm. but in the end it kind of worked for me. Especially in the parts where she's like, she's not really emotion, not emotional, I don't know the right word for it, but towards her father. But yeah, I thought she did pretty good. It took a while for me to get used to, especially after the uh, the PE classroom episode, because you just hear her just panting and panting, and I'm like, I don't know what to make of it to be honest. But in the end, it worked. Remember, people, you can ride your you can ride your lovers in this society, but you can't ride your friends because that's discrimination. Mm-hmm. Okay. Megan, your thoughts? Uh, she's kind of my favorite performance in the show. Yeah. Well, there's nothing to be ashamed about. I, she's I really, really like Kyoko. I love her voice. Like, I really love that she just... I, I love this voice. Like, she's like, you know, Hime. Like, dude, she kind of has this weird droll yeah. to her. And I, I just love when she yells. And she's just really, really cute. And her voice is just... 
I just don't. It's weird. It's like when you like a voice a lot, and sometimes you can't put it into words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just just genuinely enjoy her performance, and it's really cute and really sweet. Um. So yeah, that's I I, I really fucking love it. No, fair. I think we're all good. Yeah, it's all good. So pretty much, Steph Gale was good in this role. We need to hear from her more. Like after this show is over, we need to hear. From There's her a couple more actresses and I, from the show. I'd be more than happy to hear in a couple other performances. Yeah, I want her to be in more shows. Yes, but only time only will time tell. Only time will tell. Yes, that is mm-hmm. true. Though I appreciate that this is a show in general. Uh, we'll say that for final thoughts. We should move on. Yes, speaking of finals, let's move on to our final Let's begin the final gallop. It's the final Yes, yes, giddy up. Ha ha. Yes, we move on to the centaur for Centaur's life, Himeno Kimihara. You know, because she's like a princess. Because her name is Hime. Her, 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 her. Yes, uh, she's a... a little bit childish at times, but sometimes a bit mature, a bit soft-spoken. Is very keen in, when it comes to understanding things. Like she, there's some things in life she just doesn't understand. Like as we spoken earlier, does she poop from back there? Why is she afraid of the Antarctic snake woman? And why everything in her life kind of, I don't know. Just why is everything in the society so? Fucking weird. That's what you're trying to say. Yes, all I know is she's pretty much character after my own heart. She's won the triple crown that I call my heart, and her mane is so fluffy. It's so fluffy, I want to die! But. Touch fluffy yeah, mane. It's so fluffy! But yes, let's move on to. 10 out of 10, I'd brush her, br- her mane. That's what you're saying? Brush, brush, I am... brush, brush. Predictions. My predictions. Let's get to predictions. I'm gonna pull another one out of the arc here. I thought Don M. Bennett, uh, female lead from Dance with Devils, was one of her major roles. I, I thought that the character was supposed to be meek, fluffy, mild, and particularly inoffensive. I'm a perfectly sweet girl. And I thought she could just do the same thing there, peg her in there again. It would be a thing to listen to. Okay, Megan? For all the reasons that Sneeb said, and I'm about to make Jamal squeal like a little girl, I picked Jill Harris. Mm. Jamal, I want you to know you're never going to live that down. Oh my god! I I hate to say this, but you sounded kind of like Shannon. (laughs) I still love Funny thing about that, I would have went higher pitched, but my parents went the next room. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, my other pick was also Natalie Hoover, because mm. they can do cutesy things. And princessy things. Nah, yes. no, Megan Chipman is leading new game, never mind. Okay. Yes. Okay. As for me, I had three. One being... Well, if you know me on this podcast, you know who I'm going to Harris, comma, Jill, Bryn. or Bryn, co- Her- April, comma, Bryn. Bryn, April. But here's the kicker, ah, though. Ah, kicker. I've, I've, shut up, Andrew. I, I want you to know, but I've, you, you signed up for a show 
called A Centaur's Life, and if you didn't expect any horse puns, that's your own fucking fault. You thought nay. <sighs> anyway, the kick, I guess, is either Bryn voice would work. As for the other two, I had Madeline Morris, because I figured, you know, you need someone that's a bit soft-spoken with a sweeter tone, which is what we got, but not for Madeline. As well as Jade Saxton, because, you know, again, soft-spoken. She's been playing a lot of soft-spoken characters recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as for... And pretty much that's it for predictions. But who is playing so, our lovely little princess horsey? So as for who we actually got is Kristen Sutton, who you've heard in other roles such as Shiori Sakurada from Castletown Dandelion, Angeline from A Certain Magical Index 2, Oscar Kano from... Baby Oscar, I love you! Akari and Kaho Fuyuzora from Keijo, Ayumi Yurisaka from My First Girlfriend's a Gal, and Zura from Save Me Lollipop. What the hell Save Me Lollipop? you don't want to know. Don't be a soccer now, Andrew. Okay, I'll, I'll make it very brief. I'm surprised because I thought this was a new actress before I realized this is an actress who's been around a long time. She's just never had, like, a leading role, which I, I it's always a fun discovery t- when we're doing talking about simuldubs to realize... There's been some Texas people who've been around a long fucking time. Like, when I discovered Justin Pate was been around since the early Dragon Ball Z days was a shocker, and this is kind of a shocker, too. I think she's really, really good as the soft-spoken princess type. She's very innocent, but she's got a lot, but she's got a lot going to her, and she's kind of adorable and makes the... She works the soft childish type girl in the very big horse person body. I I think one of my favorite lines in the show is that all this warrior's blood in this is what we <laughs> okay, get. Okay, yeah. I, I actually did like yeah. that. That was pretty that That was good right. I just I just enjoy it's like years of warrior torment we get and fucking just, this. And then you just <laughs> it it's She's like, she's cute, but yeah, no, fucking. I'd like to see the story about some of that shit. There's a, the history in this world is something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, I I'll agree with you too because if you've heard her as Asuka in Fairy Tale, she sounds nothing like Hime. Like nope. it is actually kind of terrifying. Um. I really enjoy her performance as Hime, and honestly, I'm kind of surprised this is her first lead, because she sounded fantastic. Yeah. I appreciate it yeah, a lot, no. yeah. Fit it very well. I mean, that, and that, that's, that's the thing with people who've been around for a long time, is yes, some people you don't really think of, but when you do hear them, it's like, wow, you know, I wish I could hear them in more things, and then you realize they have been more things... You just never know. That's, that's the thing that's fun about doing this podcast is going back and doing our homework and realizing they've done a lot more than I anticipated. And it's interesting to hear they're completely different than who I thought they sounded like. 
it's fun discovering this, and this whole this whole dub in it, of it itself is a bunch of surprising discoveries. Yeah. There's not a lot to say on the yeah. title character, but she's just kind of cute and fun and unassuming in Moe. Which is complete contrast to whatever the mm-hmm. fuck this world building is. Boy, there's some yeah. shit going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Are we going to get into I that? I think we should get into that. <sighs> yeah. Has everybody... I, I've said my piece. I mean, Krista was fabulous in this world. 10 out of 10, role. I would brush we... her mane and give her a carrot. So in this show, that'd probably yeah. be racist. Yeah, it would. And all we know, you don't want to go for a correctional clinic for committing the crime of being racist. Or ableist. Uh, this show and its world. No, uh, this, racist, ableist, whatever the fuck is. This show and its set. Just let's okay, let's just let's okay. Yeah, let's, let's be realists and let's deeps blow his deep. That came out wrong. Oh, Uncle Steve's Uncle Steve's blowing a gasket. Blow it out your hole. Okay, now let me get. Okay, this show. uh, Monster Girl is usually a political thing. That's it's that weird undercurrent about it. People with different shaped bodies who have to deal with certain social issues of being outsiders in a society. Whoa. Yeah, it's definitely a part of this thing. The thing that's really getting me wound up about this, though, is how its world building feels so schizoid. Heck, its tone is schizoid. The world of that, yes, oppression exists in the past, so now we have a happy-dappy government that's going to keep it all better now. And they have freaking armed guards that are literally hovering around the schools, protecting them from what? Thought crime? Only totalitarian states that can afford a vast military-industrial complex can do that. And yet, there's their world seems so cuddly and pretty well-maintained, and all the citizens are happy. Is this a satire for contemporary Japan and the over-legalistic procedures it gets in place to try and solve social problems? I don't know. I'm not Japanese. But it's so overwrought with this. This feels like a reactionary fanfic uh, that you would see anime fans write about Monster Musume or Interview with a Monster Girl. It's all of this seems to be oh no, look, they're bringing in laws that protect minorities. This is political correctness gone mad. No coherent industrialized society could possibly sustain this without the fear of an outside threat, which they don't illustrate in this. The Antarcticans seem more like quirky quirky people we just discovered while who are friendly and chill. They're not the big nationalistic threat that's threatening to blow up the society. What is driving this society that they're so fucking scared of their own past? It seems to me like this is... Was it this Holocaust that occurred in the past that people are so scared to talk about? But even then, it seems like this is sort of a global thing that carries itself worldwide. And so much of this paranoia, I mean, 
there are real world examples of societies that literally have dealt with the Holocaust. Look at Germany and how it has de dealt around this. And yeah, there are some ugly, nasty parts of German history that even deal with the aftermath of the Holocaust. Looking into the very notion of gift shrinks and the idea of there are controlled works that must not be discussed. There are controlled ideas that we do not talk about in polite society. Even then, they would not manifest in this way. It is such a historically illiterate and wanky thing that I feel an, only a very half-baked writer could put up with. And speaking of half-baked writing, don't get me started about the tonal consistencies where we go between political satire, to cutesy slice of life, to weird uncomfortable sexual humor, to some coming-of-age stuff that is in a mishmash of both inclusivity is good with talking about certain things are bad that is so off the wall it this feels like something a teenager would written honestly i am so spinning out of control just listening to this listening to myself talk about this it's maddening this show is maddening i don't know how to feel about this it's so fucking bonkers fuck this show it's not terrible but wow wow <laughs> Oh, uh, okay. Boy, okay. I knew that was going places, yeah. but I'll, I'll God, save it. Uh, okay, uh, boy. <laughs> Thank you for that, Steves. That was amazing. <laughs> um, so, I'll say this. I'll say this. I'll say this. Um, I, I'm curious. I, I'll say this. If there's one thing is, I don't think the author is trying to celebrate or try to say, like, inclusivity is bad, uh, falling in line is good. I think the series is trying to say the exact opposite of that and doing it in an odd mishmash of ideas and, like, lore, which you can argue works or doesn't work, but aside from that, I'll say this. You went into the confusingness that is the show. I'm going to talk about something else. The production of this show. <laughs> oh boy, okay. Oh boy. Let's say this. Let's say this. I want to say I do not have any problem with uh, China getting into the animation uh, Japanese anime industry. That's fine by me. It's already becoming a more global market as it is. More money. More like coexistence i'm fine with that hashtag capitalism but can these shows not look so fucking garbage first because this is a show that is weird with a lot of mishmash of ideas but so many potential interesting directorial decisions that could have been made to elevate the anxiety that is this weird society mm -hmm. to sort of put higher emphasis to put make the moe stuff seem more ridiculously cute and make the behind the scenes history and lore all the more terrifying and horrific but the way they do that feels so fucking basic and lazy and every single flashback is the same goddamn filter where it's kind of like a sketchiness and it's sort of gray every single fucking flashback looks like that there's no effort it's like i can trust that it's a flashback you don't need the same fucking shitty filter all right and it looks so stale and not even a lot of the character designs look that interesting or appealing and watching this subbed 
was surprisingly shitty and boring, and the pacing between dialogue feels like it's stilted. That's not even something the dub could fix. That was the direction of the show that you can't mm-hmm. fix in dubbing, because there's lines where it feels like there's they there's a break a second or two longer. It's like this is a Japanese manga that's known, and there's interesting stuff in the manga that I feel like if you had done something like School Live, like School Live where it's like you had it seem cute and fluffy on the surface, and then reveal behind School Live, whatever, reveal behind the layers with clever directorial stuff, clever sound design to make the facade and the truth behind the scenes all that more shocking. That's why episode one of that show works so fucking well because it's directed so fucking good. And the direction, like you have the creepy guys that are standing outside the teacher. There's lecture, and like they're standing there, like judging her thing. That could have been so interesting. That could have been directed so well to make it tense, where it's like they're looking at their clock, they're giving her discerning looks, but they're just shadowy silhouettes, and there's no sound or music to make it otherwise. And it's just nothing. It's so basic. The direction of the show is so basic when it could have been interesting and weird and unique. I'm all for China getting into animation, I'm all for that. I'd like these shows to have a little more flavor and basic and not be so fucking bitch-ass, cookie-cutter, ugly, and generic-looking. That being said, that being said, the dub helped a lot for me getting back into the show. Mm Because I honestly dropped the sub after two episodes because I was kind of bored and surprisingly disappointed. The dub kind of helps it with all these performances and all this stuff that's thrown in there. The performances, and it's a unique dub too. There's a lot of characters that get the chance to shine. And characters I hadn't seen before that people I'd love to see. I'd love to hear more of Rachel Messer. Or I'd love to hear more of Christy Sutton doing stuff. I'd like to hear more of Steph Garrett. I'd really like to see some of these people get the chance to do things because I now know what they could do. And holy shit, I'm genuinely still impressed how Steph Garrett sounds just like Wendy Lee from Lucky Star. Listen to it side by side and tell me you don't hear it. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to do something side by side and push oh, it no. away. Oh, um. <laughs> I can do that to you Saturday. Oh, no. I get to actually see Andrew on Saturday. I'm so excited. Suffering. Um, New York's going to be fun. Okay. Okay, never mind. God. Um, uh, I'm going to keep it short and simple. I think this show is a mess, but it's a mess that I have fun. I genuinely look forward to watching because it makes me smile. I know there's a lot of really wonky things and angering things, but fuck it. It's cute. I like monster. I I enjoy. I have always enjoyed demon and monster stuff. Like mm-hmm. it's why I like things like Blue Exorcist, Tokyo Ghoul, like all that shit. Like I love stories like this. Um, I know I love that this is a cast that took a lot of risks in um, a year that a year that has some dubs that are very archetypal and. I'm actually, one of the biggest compliments I want to give is to Kyle Phillips. Because I honestly have doubted him a lot. He is, I I hate to be that person. He is the person I dread being on projects. Like, he is the last person I want on my favorite show of, a show I'm anticipating. Because this was honestly one of the shows I was anticipating in the fall, in the summer. Because I've read a bit of the manga. Um... But 
I, I think he did a really good job with the casting. I think he did a really good job picking people who you maybe not weren't the first choices. Because I feel like if this dub was played by number, paint by numbers, it would have fucking sucked. And none of us would have wanted to do the episode. So there's that. And I'm going to keep it short and sweet because people are getting annoyed with me, so fuck it. No, we're not getting annoyed with you. The annoyance has passed. Yeah, so as for me... I mean, yeah, the production is kind of a mess. It is a mess, not... Interviews from months ago said it's not. I do like the world building, but I feel at times there could be mo- there were moments that it, the story could be a bit more cohesive, but with Slice of Life, it either has a plot that doesn't really go anywhere much, or not at all. But the thing I like about Slice of Life is I can just enjoy a show that has some fluffy moments while dealing with some real moments, you know. Because after a long shitty day at work, I just need something to take my mind off of things. That being said, I did like the dub very much, and like Megan too, I too was apprehensive about Kyle Phillips. I mean, once again, I brought up earlier, Dance with Devils. I had a huge problem with that show. Mm. But I feel like when Kyle gets more time to work on the show that's not a simuldub, he really gives it his all and it turns out fantastic. Because some of the other DVD dubs I've seen, I'm still waiting on one in particular, have been really yeah, good. Yeah, let's just face it. Where the fuck is our Yamada? Yeah, there's though? something going on behind the scenes with that that we can't figure out. It'll come out eventually. That, we don't know what's going on. We cannot speculate what's going on. The important thing is Kyle did a very good job with what he had to work with. He and Bonnie both, because I know the last show they worked on together, I really did not like the story. I wanted to punch the main character in the face. I, the female leads were pretty good, but that show was more of a mess than this was, and we're not going to talk about mm-hmm. that. But, you know, Kyle puts his best foot forward, and he did a great job. We'll just leave it at that. And speaking of leaving, leaving, I think it's time for us to get out of here. So, if you're interested in seeing the dub for A Centaur's Life, episodes are currently available on the Funimation Now service, which is now up to episode 8 at the time of this recording. The first two episodes are available for free, but the rest are behind the subscriber paywall, which, if you're interested in subscribing, they do have a 14-day free trial you can use to watch their simuldubs and home video releases. But be warned, if you do not like the service or you don't want to continue after 14 days, make sure to cancel as soon as possible, since a credit card is required and they will start pulling money from your account. As for the show itself, the sub can be found on Crunchyroll as part of the Funnyroll Partnership. You can watch with or without a subscription, just know without a subscription there will be ads and the latest episode will be a week behind the subscriber paywall. There is however a third subscription called Verve where if you opt for the combo pack, for $10 a month you get access to Funimation, Crunchyroll, Cartoon Hangover, etc etc, as well as original programming. Be warned though, there are subtitles for subbed anime. But there are no subtitles for dubbed anime, which makes things like watching ping pong and drifters difficult. But they are aware of it and currently working on a fix for it. If you're interested in seeing any of the crazy shit we get up to, go ahead and plug yourselves. Alright. Uh, I'll just go first just to get it over with. My name is Megan, you can follow me at Queen Year 2, where I shit post, post pictures of my cat and do 
fuck all, whatever. <laughs> uh, uh, my name is uh, Andrew, uh, otherwise known as Class C Spartan. On Twitter, you can find me at MangaMan9000. Uh, you can also find me at my other podcast on Surreal Resolution, Podcast ONA, as well as finding Megan and I moderating the Funimation Discord. And my name... Shout out to you friends on the Discord. Indeed. And my name is Sneebs. You can find me at Von Trollington, I believe the handle is. I may have changed it since then. I'm an adventure of sort. But... You may find me on the internet here at Uncle Azrael, U-N-C-L-E-A-S-R-I-E-L, where you will see my many variegated postings, and who knows, I might even get a chance to troll you too. And isn't that what life is all about? A good chuckle? Oh, oh, oh goody. <laughs> As for me, I'm an assistant editor for the Top Top Podcast. I can be found on my other channel, Jamstar1, I have a blog that's really not doing anything at the moment. I can also be found on my Twitter at Jamstar529. As for the podcast itself, we could be found here under the on YouTube under the name Dub Talk Podcast. We can also be found on Tumblr, Instagram, and Twitter by the same name. And I think that's gonna do it for the night. I know some of us have to get to bed pretty early. So from all of us here at Dub Talk. We wish you a good night. And we'll talk Good well. night. Remember to peace, love, and tolerate, and don't offend the state. Otherwise, you'll be sent to a correctional facility where you'll never be heard from again. Contemporary American politics. But look at this cute little horsey. But look at this cute little horsey. It's okay. Look at this horsey. Don't think about it. Look at my, oh, look at my this horse. horse. This horse is amazing. Give it a lick. Give her a lick. Ew, you're just into my boobs. <laughs> oh, God. Good night, ladies Actually, and gentlemen. I was going to say, does it look like a raisin? I'm going back <laughs> up this side. All right. <laughs> <laughs>